Welcome to the Crypto Yams Podcast, where we discuss Bitcoin price talk, trading ideas, and much, much more. I'm your host, The Baked Potato, a five-year crypto analyst and crypto YouTuber. Today's guests include Trend Expresso and my good friend Pio. Welcome, guys. Hello, hello. Good to be here. Absolutely, as always. Happy Friday. Yes, happy Friday. Happy Canada Day for our friends in the north and uh, early 4th of July. <laughs> ah, happy about that. Happy about that, for sure. <laughs> Man, Bitcoin the last two days, a little bit of... Uh, little bit of fluctuation going on some price action on the uh on the six month three month and monthly close so we definitely have some stuff to talk about today starting things off let's take a look at some of these higher time frames uh six month obviously not a ton of information that we can scoop from this but obviously uh continuation to the downside at the moment as we've opened we are seeing a lower low opening uh, on the six month here, um, no divergence signs other than potentially maybe in the volume. Um, everything else we really can't tell, at least from this chart going all the way back to 2011. So, uh, no, yes, no divergence as of that time frame. Jumping to something a little bit more realistic here, down on our three month, we can see obviously divergence on the previous high, which led into this move continuation as of right now, is more than likely. Um, we really haven't seen more than two... We haven't really seen more than six months of downside at one time, though. So, potentially, maybe one to two more three-month candles of this type of sideways continuation down um, before the next potential large rally. And, I mean, things are obviously... Yeah, have the potential to change any time in between this. If we were to turn things back around over the next three months, um, we could work ourselves out of this a little bit sooner than likely. Nothing's for sure at the moment. The monthly, uh, everything is still pointing right to the ground. Money flow potentially working its way back into the red by next month. Um, so potentially we do and could see some relief being that we're on our monthly 618 level uh, of the triple confirmation indicator. There is some signs to say that this area is acting as short-term, medium-term support. And we've been talking about this for what feels like weeks. But definitely could see some sort of rebound, dead cat bounce, support bounce from this level to try and retest some of our previous levels of resistance now of what was support. But from what I'm seeing, the volume has been decreasing overall over time. Uh, ever since we peaked out and we've been continuing down. So that is potentially something that we can look forward to again. We need to start seeing our weekly, our daily, agree again, our four-day. We need to start seeing those things, showing those bottom signs, holding the bullish divergences that are on the chart, and hopefully playing those out. Again, they're only showing up within our wolf pack. It's not showing up on Liberator or Moneyflow. So not a concrete signal as far as these things go, but definitely something we need to be aware of. So that's really monthly. Again, no signs of turning around at the moment other than until we start getting into these medium macro 
short terms. Um, weekly, again, showing some signs of potential strength here over the next week or two. Um, potential for a green dot to come up, money flow to turn around, wolf pack to continue starting to turn up here. We are on a horizontal support potentially as far as this thing goes. Um, there is potential for divergence in this level still. If we were to continue turning up from this point, we can see we have higher lows in the wolf pack. Price action's got lower lows, um, as we can see, showing up on TCA, our triple confirmation indicator. Uh, not confirmed as of right now, but just, just something to keep in the back of our mind. <coughs> um, really, I think we've, we've discussed this so much, but I mean, any type of lower high rejection off of 618, whether that's 38,000, whether that's hitting resistance of 28,000, um, or even as, as low as 25,000. If we were to see rejection, uh, bounce off zero line, complete and utter turn down again, um, that would be your ideal short, reshort position um, for the coming months. Because again, we have no signs of stopping as per weekly, monthly, three month. It's all looking very nasty. But there is some hope thrown in there. The volume spike that we had yesterday on the close to get us uh, right above $20,000 as per uh, the daily and monthly and three month close and six month um, is a pretty good sign potentially coming into next week. Um, it could have just been, you know, <laughs> essentially for the uh, liquidity boys, the closing of those levels. Uh, we may see continuation from here, but less likely than seeing some sort of try at least to bounce up if we can't find volume to back that up we're more than likely going to see the continuation rejection uh, as we have been continuing to see um, really four-day money flow still continuing to point to the ground we do have a confirmed green dot we do have wolf pack starting to point back up but we're not seeing the volume yet um, definitely some potential for divergence here as well but again looking for that lower high almost guaranteed um, before continuation down and before trying to bust through $20,000. Pretty well the same thing that we're seeing here on daily as well. Money flow is still continuing to push down, point lower. We're starting to see some some very early signs of potential short-term, mid-term bottoming. But, you know, it's really going to it's really gonna come down to the S&P, 10-year uh, yield, Dow Jones, all this jazz of the traditional markets. Um... Again, another piece of hopium would be that our 10-year yield has taken a dramatic dive over the last two weeks, coming down about a full percent, um, meaning that someone, government or not, has been buying that debt. So something we don't know as of yet, who's buying the debt, it's more than likely the uh, reserve, but at the moment we don't have clear answers on that. So it'll be interesting to see how that comes out over the next little while. Um, S&P actually, moving over to this side of the chart, um, we are starting to see some, again, bouncing signs as per daily. Uh, we can see that we did close with a higher low on the previous close as of today. We do not have green dot as of yet. We don't have wolf pack in the green. We don't have money flow in the green, but they are starting to show signs of potentially bouncing from this point. Uh, once we move down into our four hour, you can get a better idea of what I'm talking about. Money flow on the four hour, 
<clears throat> continuing to turn up, almost back into the green. Uh, potential for divergence, convergence type of move. Um, pushing us up towards the resistance of, I'm going to say right around 4,050. And if we can get through that level, then we have to deal with the next more significant resistance, which is going to come in around 4,280, potentially as high as 4,330. So there is potential for some some upside over the next week in the S&P, which would, of course, uh, highlight some of the stuff that we're seeing in Bitcoin. Obviously, because we're going into a weekend, we have uh, two and a half days of potential shenanigans before that starts to play out on Monday and potentially not even Monday as because it is going to be the July 4th American holiday. We may see some shenanigans over the weekend and Monday just because of that holiday and because of the weekend. Come Tuesday, things should level themselves back out and go in the direction that they were planning on going in the first place. So if we see some sort of uh, highlighted crash over the weekend. I wouldn't put too much merit behind it. It's more than likely going to turn back around. Something as we saw with yesterday's close, we were pushing down towards the uh, $18,500 level, pushed up to almost as I believe 21,000, really close 20,800 before coming back and closing now around 19.3. So some some quick price action. We've really leveled out since that happened yesterday. Um, not too much has really happened over the last day and a half other than that one quick, let's say, five-hour type of move. So, yeah, really not a ton that's really happened today. Again, we need to see some more clear-cut signs, hopefully some shenanigans over the weekend. And next week should potentially be good for us in most senses of the market. Uh, Trend, you want to jump in, man? You got anything you want to add? that you're seeing anything such as so i'm just surprised at how weak stuff is uh but there's a lot of a lot of fear out there right now right um i am wondering what the next inflation numbers are going to be I, I i did some googling around today i couldn't really get a good good picture on that um i mean it is only july 1st they probably take what about a week probably the u.s fed does to try and get those numbers gotcha um, but it's going to be very interesting. I think that you're just going to keep on seeing downside pressure yeah, until inflation peaks. And I don't think the market really bottoms until around when inflation peaks. You know, I think when, let's say inflation gets up to, I mean, I don't know what it is right now, but like the official numbers are like eight and a half percent or something right in the U S. So if it gets up to like nine and a half this month, you know, 10, the next month, 10 and a half, the month after that. And then you see two to three months where it starts coming down, get down to nine and a half, get down to eight and a half. That's where I think we might be able to make more of an educated guess on uh, bottoms of the of the stock market and also then how that affects Bitcoin. Um, I think, as we've said a few times, that Bitcoin over the last few years has really become more and more coupled with the, the stock market. And I think that's only going to continue to be that relationship, I think, is only going to continue to grow. And I think that it's certainly here to stay and you see it already. So I, I would think that Bitcoin doesn't stop having downside pressure until the stock market chills out. Right. The, uh, the, the week right now, I think on Monday, Tuesday this week, it was looking not so bad. Uh, now, of course, it's a bearish candle. It's not like bearish engulfing or anything on the weekly chart. Uh, I'm talking like uh, S&P or uh, NASDAQ, but it's not it's not looking super positive. It's not like, no. oh, yeah, look at how look at how good this is. This is probably a bottom. Um, and and kind of like what you were saying, 
you you expect these dead cat bounces, right? You would expect Bitcoin to at least retest 25,000, right? Confirm that as resistance. And I mean, I just can't help but, but think the same thing in the stock market. You would think, I mean, just looking at a chart, it, it, it's to me like, looks like it's in free fall. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess there's there's kind of bounces along the way, but maybe maybe I'm just biased, right? I feel like these bounces are so small they they hardly even count. I, I like to see things more like the stock market falls ten percent, then rebounds four to five percent, confirms the resistance, and then falls a further ten. Whereas uh, it seems more what's happened is falls ten percent, goes up two percent, falls another ten percent. You know. Mm-hmm. Seems like, yeah, exactly what you're showing, the crypto fear and greed index. I mean, these are really remarkably low numbers, sub 20 for the past, uh, I don't know, four months? It's about two, two and a half months. We started down here at about in about May, right at the beginning mm-hmm. of May, and we've mm-hmm. been in this level. We haven't surpassed 15 or 16 since then. I mean, that's, that's pretty shocking, right? Look at 2018, 2019. It wasn't... I mean, if I were to just draw a random line, I'd say like 35 seems like kind of a rough average if I'm just looking at it, but exactly where your cursor is. Yeah. At the, uh, the late, um, like right around the coronavirus dump. I mean, that's the only other time that I see where it's been, uh, clustered for a a longer period. Yeah. Right. I mean, even in January 2019, when Bitcoin was still like 3,500 bucks, 4,000, whatever, it was still way, way depressed low. Uh, the fear and greed was already back up to 30, and we're, we're half of that right now. Mm-hmm. It's very surprising. It is very surprising. We've never spent this much time just, just hobbling around these numbers. You know, we usually get some sort of pick back up, it dumps off one more time, and then we usually start taking off. So, I mean... It is a potential large sign that we are at this sort of midterm macro bottom, but for how long? Right, right. And if we don't succeed with bouncing here, this would be a first kind of situation where we have this unprecedented, like, you know, we we don't see the recovery, the bounce. But it's, I mean, again, it has never happened before. Yeah. uh, The other thing to keep in mind is a um, kind of a, a certain perspective on the bigger picture here, right? So NASDAQ is still uh, roughly 15% higher than it was uh, pre-COVID dump, right? So before, so in 2020, let's say March, I mean, I don't know, I don't have a real date here, but like uh, February 18th or so of 2020, before people started freaking out about COVID, um, the the NASDAQ now, even after falling whatever it is, like 35% or so down, we're still... The, the, the NASDAQ is still 15% higher than it was back then. And that just goes, right. goes to the, to the point of the fact that later 2020 was, I mean, I, I have to actually figure out the exact number here, but I know 2021 was nearly 40% up in NASDAQ, mostly due to FANG. Um, just to, in, in case people don't know that the, the alphabet, uh, Facebook, um, Netflix, Microsoft, I'm going to get, I'm going to miss one, but, um, all of those put together really uh, carried NASDAQ to these ridiculous highs. And even if 
there's these tremendous, you know, a, a tremendous 50% pullback that really is only two years of gains, right? That, that were kind of reset. Whereas if you compare that to, for example, 2008, that was, that was just vastly worse. It was, uh, I think it erased some, at least eight years of gains. I think that the 2007, 2008 dump, um, you know, two years is much better than erasing eight years or, uh, 12 years, even if there's more downside to go. And I, and I can certainly see the scenario in which there's more downside. There's, uh, worries about the Ukraine war, there's um, oil and food shortages, or or maybe not quite shortages yet, but w- certainly worries about the supply chains of those. Um, and inflation, of course, driving the, the, the price of everything up. Uh, I can see the, the fear in the environment that would cause another, let's say, 15% dump off back to early 2020 uh, highs. But I do think that there's a lot of other macroeconomic factors that play into the idea that the economy, especially the U.S. economy, is strong, that inflation is going going to uh, subside, um, that it's not going to be the nicest road to get there, but that the, the Band-Aid ultimately is going to get pulled off. And at, at, when, we look, when we look back two years from now or so, we will see that this was all... Um, it, it resulted in a positive outcome at the end of the day, even though it was a rough road to get there. A lot of that is, uh, some some of that, not a lot. Some of that is opinion though, right? It's my opinion that I think it's going to go down maybe another 15%. It could go down 50% more. I, I have, I'm crystal balling and kind of making a, uh, a guesstimation here, right? But but just just as you and Jay like to point out, uh, you know, I called 24, 25,000 low on Bitcoin and mm, I uh, I got burned on that one. So nobody really knows. We just do our best to look at the data and make a uh, an educated guess, right? Absolutely. Unless, of course, you have triple confirmation. <laughs> yes. Dude, it's, it's all it is, right? It's statistics and probabilities. You just need an edge. Exactly. And TC as long is, as you're right. Yeah, TC is a fantastic edge. Massively. Yeah. Um, I think, I think Pio, I'd like to bring you in and just have you... Talk a little bit about, I know you were reading a bit about today about the 10-year yield, about some of these uh, these impacts that we're seeing in the traditional kind of stock market. Maybe you could touch upon that. Yeah, I think um, I think it's kind of broadly in line with what you guys are seeing in the charts on the other side of it. So, you know, we're kind of looking at two primary markets here. Let's look at America and let's look at Europe and the ECB and what's happening in the US. 10-year yield came down. Which should be a con- it's really kind of a measure of inflation expectations in ten years, you know. And um, if that goes up, it means that interest rates will have to go up to manage that. So in the US, I think what trend is saying is very relevant. I think the next CPI print, um, if it's if it's showing some sort of like meeting expectations or even coming in below that, and the market gets that signal that like we might have peaked. You know, disinflation wave would be the way I put it personally. Um, yeah, like it, it, it's a big bottoming signal. It allows allows the Fed to have room as well in terms of quantitative tightening, quantitative easing measures. So I wouldn't get caught out by that if in um, if inflation does show a, a peak, um, and that would really reflect in the bond market. Then I think where my hesitancy kind of comes in around any possible manipulation. Certain commentators are kind of a bit 
suspicious about at the moment is that that yield has come down because the person buying or the entity buying it is um, is the Fed itself, which means that they're printing to buy long term debt, their own long term debt. Um, and if you consider monitoring inflation a key driver of kind of what people are seeing in the real world today, um, I, I think that offers an outlook of moderate inflation into the long term, personally, is what I'm seeing. I think we'll come down from an inflationary peak, but it's, it's not going to come down to where they want it to. And I think we're going to see sustained interest rates for many years. So you're essentially saying that they are <laughs> they are uh, mm-hmm. buying debt with debt. Yeah. That's what it seems to look like, especially with mortgage-backed securities. You know, no takers in the private market, so the Fed had to step in. Mm-hmm. And that's that's such a large part of the debt market. Well, it's the same it's the same idea as, you know, I'll, uh, I'll I'll pay you on Friday if you give me a burger today, right? Like that that old Popeyes <laughs> saying, like you know, uh, that it, how right? How is that going to work out in the future if they're printing debt to pay the debt of now, you know, so that hopefully someone else will pay the debt later? But it's more than likely going to outcome that they are they are pulling debt that they're going to have to pay back their their own debt later. Like it's just a it's a cycle of building themselves into the ground that I just don't know how we're going to dig ourselves out of at any point in the near future. Indeed, and you know you could consider obviously um, Bitcoin is a high beta of. Um, the Nasdaq and the Nasdaq being a high beta of the S and P, and they've kind of I, they seem to have technically taken their corrections, but asset markets haven't, especially the likes of property. Um, I don't think that these kind of front runner, you know, markets can really find a true bottom and, and inflect and begin upward macro trends again until. Other stuff that's just gone up fifty percent in three or four years <laughs> hasn't taken its uh, its haircut, right? And, and like we might see that in the in the car market, you know, um, all of a sudden there's less demand on processors because people only build mining rigs and stuff like that, or they have less less money to buy GTXs because they have to pay more in rent. And then, yeah, by all signs, like the supply chain crisis is easing, which is uh, kind of confirming what what Trend was saying um, in terms of, you know, is is this where inflation can come down? So I think, yeah, I think, you know, the bubbles that we've seen kind of cause over the last two or three years, I'm not quite sure I'll be calling bottom until I see they, you know, that kind of stuff cracked. It's all about debt. Right. Yeah, what do you, what do you see the uh, what's the outcome? What's the end game? How, how do they dig out, or is there is there not a digging out? Is there something else? You know, it's very easy to be kind of like a doomer. <laughs> <laughs> Dramatic pause. Dramatic pause is like yeah. Um, I think a lot of people are looking for a big a big bang. You know, 
and it seems like everyone's a macro expert and probably a little bit too kind of there's too much consensus right now i believe in terms of like there's gonna be this massive crash and this massive recession maybe we just do kind of like see stagflation and maybe it's not too bad you know maybe we see inflation peak play out come down but like still be like five percent year on year for half a decade or more where like the bitcoin thesis might prove valuable yeah i mean that seems like totally seems totally possible to me that it could peak out nine ten percent whatever pick a number yeah and comes down maybe this time next year kind of is back down to around six five six percent and kind of slowly tapers off thereafter uh but because the fear is out of the marketplace oh look the inflation's coming down oh, okay it's okay bye 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 right because you no longer have that fear and markets ultimately are driven by emotion not necessarily so much facts mm-hmm. um i mean if they were if they were yeah. driven by facts right you would you would see oh we're off the gold standard oh no please don't sell it all but that's not what happened the stock market went bananas after uh, i think it was nixon took the u.s off the gold standard so i i think that that's totally possible and that you see inflation ultimately come down to five six four percent i don't know pick a number and uh as you said ultimately cools off and the the markets kind of resume there to the right and up more or less yeah and it's just Maybe it's just a change in the frame of reference. Like we might be living, you know, the next decade where interest rates are slightly higher and inflation is slightly higher, you know, or maybe moderately higher. Mm-hmm. So you might see interest rates at two or three percent instead of zero, <laughs> four thousand year low mm-hmm. coming in from the Egyptians. Yeah, I know. Um, but inflation as well, kind of, that, and that that will drive capital efficiency. You know, five percent. We've been under, like they were, like coming into. Uh, the COVID crisis, um, they were trying to stoke inflation because it, they were failing to kind of get it to 2%, which is where you kind of want people spending what they're accumulating to put capital into the economy. Um, but 5% and above, is, is it's not good for people who are just holding cash, um, but good for equities because you got to beat that, you know? So Yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean, you could also definitely see that the uh, the the real gains, just like we look at Bitcoin when we divide it by the the money supply, it's, it's kind of it's it's a loose way of uh, dubiously trying to find an inflation adjusted price of Bitcoin, right? And so, similarly, I think in the stock market, you could see that maybe historically it's gone up six percent. Now, maybe the next decade, it'll on average go up. I don't know, pick a number, 8%. But that 8% is not actually as high as the 6% because of the higher inflation. Um, and you wind up with lower realized gains, but uh, nonetheless, um, gains nonetheless, and nominally higher returns than you than you should otherwise see. Uh, purely theoretical, though. I mean, we don't really know if that's going to happen or if if a different situation is going to play out. It sounds a lot better than, you know, really high interest rates, um, which really means like lack of access to credit, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, so in an inflationary environment, I wouldn't be sitting on cash. I'd be trying to beat the market in the best ways to equities and, you know, high betas of equities. 
my crypto. Well, if you sit in cash, you're kind of taking a uh, an involuntary whatever percentage tax, right? I mean, in essence, because the the buying power goes down by whatever the inflation rate is, roughly. Um, you're, it's it's kind of like a, a hidden tax that that people don't really talk about, right? Exactly, and that's where like when I started reading more about inflation theory, when I was kind of exploring that, why is their target, like both ECB and the Fed, why is it target 2%? Like, why is it zero? Like, surely be better got no inflation. And it, it simply is capital market kind of mechanics. So, you know, if there is, a, you know, enough an inflation cost, you're going to want to put your capital to work. And that generally is stock market. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. It, the the whole point of an economy is for the the payments to go to to float from me to you and from you to potato and potato back to me and it's it's to flow the money around, right? That's that's all GDP is is the flowing of the money, not not so much. Oh well, uh, you know, PO has a hundred bucks and I have eighty bucks and potato has uh, eighty five and okay, well if you sum that together, you know that that's that's not GDP, that's just net worth or or amount of value statically available right but um you know, it goes to living right yeah. in order to live you have to pass you, you have to get food well how do you get food well we've d- designed a money system that you pass dollars or pounds or euros or whatever some fiat some national fiat to somebody else and they accept that as valuable and so they give you the the thing that you wanted right um an, an apartment to live in uh food uh, whatever it is and then that person then turns around and gives it to somebody else, right? So it's it's purely to move the money around the economy, to move from person to person. And how can you encourage people to move it? By having inflation, right? Because holding on to it is less valuable than getting that item that you need today. Beautifully put. And there's one step further I can add or try to add, or I hope someone far smarter than me can pick up on this and maybe let us know what they think. It's about um, velocity of money. So one thing I was reading during the lockdowns that was very interesting was about uh, velocity capital. And velocity was very low because economies were basically on, you know, they were on cryo support. (laughs) You know, there was very little movement of capital in the economy. And there was, you had kind of two things, I guess. You had monetary injection, stimmy checks, all that kind of stuff. You know, don't need to really address that. I think everyone knows that backwards. We also had like quite a lot of people who were doing quite well, you know, and accumulating capital. And we can certainly see it now with airport chaos everywhere. Like there are a lot of factors going into that. I don't know if it's happening in North America, but certainly in Europe, every airport is completely having to cancel flights. Simply everyone wants to go on holidays, <laughs> spend their money that they saved up. Um, and there's other labor issues and stuff like that. But in terms of monetary velocity, it seems to be playing out. And I'm trying to find more to read up in this that like that momentum and injection of like savings and, and stuff like that, pent up demand, has this really kind of yeeted inflation, which kind of plays more into this kind of if we see the top of this wave and it come back down, start to moderate, see supply chains start to work again capital markets start to work again, you know, not being a doomer, getting away of seeing opportunity. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you, especially when you have uh, inflation, well, when you have inflation and the emotions of the market are not 
totally fearful like they are now, right? Um, I think you have more dollars chasing too few assets, and that's where uh, asymmetrical upside, if you will, can come into play. So once the the fear itself subsides, you it, it very well could be that we see an explosion upward, right? Because now that people say, oh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not so fearful either. Uh, you know, the, the mainstream media is saying, uh, you know, recession over or whatever, whatever the narrative is at that point in time. Um, you then have more dollars or, or pounds or euros in general chasing after fewer assets. And so it just as a result, um, those assets can, can go up in nominal value. I think for most people, they don't really uh, in, in, in many ways, I guess what I'm saying is inflation first hits capital markets, and then later on it makes its way down into consumer goods. And I think that's what we're seeing now is it's playing out in consumer goods after having hit the stock market the last couple of years. And that's why there was so much upside. And I think if the Fed and other central banks play their, their cards right, I, I think it really could be more of a, of a, of a shallow kind of recession or something like that, where uh, the next year or so kind of ultimately there's not tremendous it's not a continuous uh just like i mean look look at the chart on the right side of potato screen the the s&p 500 that just looks like down baby (laughs) there's like not even real bounces in there it doesn't look like so instead of that continuing to play out i think it could be a shallower kind of bottom and and more like mostly sideways in the capital markets and then ultimately up and i think this this whole idea of inflation and there being more fiat just in in general circulation and pushing prices up i think you see that or or i should say nowhere is that more exhibited and obvious than in bitcoin valuation right you, you see these just dramatic rise uh, rises in in fiat value in a very respectively short amount of time uh, i think mostly because you have inflation over a longer period of time and the longer that goes on the more of that uh, currency you have and unless you keep up with that in uh, population growth i think you wind up with again more fiat chasing fewer assets yeah well i don't like looking at the s&p charts at all because i i keep on thinking 2500 but yeah i think if we can make it through and, and especially like for us your charts if the ecb can balance the risk of yeah, there's still a nominal cash rate of 0% and in terms of interest rates. Um, if they can kind of get interest rates to 2 or 3% without Italy, Greece, and Portugal having the default, <laughs> yeah, um, I think there is some sort of like sustainable future then where, as you describe, plays out. And, you know, the final point I'm putting it just to recognize is such an important part of the markets is it's, it's all psychology. Yeah, mm-hmm. all the feelings. Well, if the S and P goes to twenty five hundred, that's there's there's really only one thing to say about that. Bye bye bye, baby. Insert a little bye 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 bye. Like even looking at the S and P right there, play that up the screen. Sorry, podcast viewers, you can type in trading view. But that last correction pullback in two thousand eight, how many weeks was that? You know, it was one, two, three, four, five. You know, it, it was over the course of two quarters and it moved back 50% from that that massive what do you mean back 50% Um, I'm just trying to look at the screen there so back in 2012 wasn't it 2010 Um, that pullback on S&P yeah that is what we're looking at Um, 
you know, it made a lower low, it made what looked like a lower low in the macro, and such a dramatic pullback. Is that the COVID? That wasn't the COVID low. Yeah, it was the COVID low. Like, are you talking the COVID low or the or the? Yeah, mm. and I guess like what's saying that we couldn't do another COVID low type tap and go. You know, if we were to reach kind of technical levels, yeah, it could happen, and yeah. not be a multi-year recession kind of job. The thing that I see about this chart, right? We have not hit a point of complete parabolia, right? We really haven't seen that straight up price action. Like it's been curvaturing over and up over the course of the last, you know, 10 plus years. Well, you're- and I think that there's also, sorry, uh, potential for like, you know, we have normal bullish divergences from a lot of these previous lows all going to this COVID low. And then, I mean, at the moment, if this were to turn back up in this time period, um, there's it's, it would essentially act as a converging wave for all these previous built-up bullish divergences, hidden and regular. Just something I'm thinking about at the same time, because we have higher lows, higher low, higher low, higher low, you know, lower low, lower low, lower low, lower low. I would say take it off of log and take a look because log will naturally make it more uh, look less dramatic. Right. I mean, regardless, though, you know, we higher low, higher low, higher low, higher low. Yeah, I mean, I, I think with, inf- with inflation, it's really just built to go to the right and up, basically. Mm-hmm. Pretty much like the melt-up theory could be right. I like, mean, in 10 years' time, uh, like, I don't know. Yeah, exactly what you're drawing. I just mm-hmm. feel like 10 years time. Oh, whoa, uh, that's a bearish. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Potato, we're not making a crown here. Okay. This is, it's supposed to be more like a rocket. Okay. You need to read the Fed files. It, um, but that hits, you know, 7,200 first before crashing back to whatever. Well, that, that would be the end of the States. So we'd be trading seashells. Yeah. Um, Even if we only peek out here. And our 618 level comes back to these levels. Like, I don't know. Like I said, it all depends on if we were to actually turn around here or not. Because at the moment, we've only come back retracement wise um, to our 236 as far as this previous 10 year action has gone. You know, if it was to bounce here at the 236, it would be quite ecstatically bullish. And again, backed up by all of the previous bullish divergence that you have built in here, and then converging wave from that, as well as hidden bullish on Liberator, money flow. So like people truly believe that it is dying right now, but at the same time, we're not really seeing that ultimately reflect in the stock market or else things would be really, really dying. I mean, even even a bounce probably on uh, 318 is, I mean, wouldn't that be pretty... Uh fairly bullish or 382 do i have it wrong it would be it would be i mean anything above the 618 essentially would be fine um 618 being like ultimate level retest and i still think bullish overall if we were to come there first but the funny thing about this pattern that i drew out i mean if we zoom in here to the recent this it's exactly what we have right here funny Mm -hmm. enough i didn't even you know that was not purposeful but we have our one, our head and shoulders, converging wave, and potential last spike here. 
So, I mean, I don't know. Just some just some food for thought, I guess. But it definitely, you know, in my opinion, we've gone somewhat parabolia, but it hasn't gone straight, 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 straight up. We haven't seen that complete capitulation of, of upside in this market. But who's to say that, that actually it actually plays out that way? You know, we need a lot of things to work out and change before we can even consider that type of this type of move. But yeah, we will uh we'll have to see. If we just kick it sideways, then we're probably gonna come back to these levels before we get a chance to break through. I mean, you as we can see, this really like this yellow line, what was support for, you know, and resistance for so long. Um, this level's crucial for us. The last time we broke down from it, we fell from twelve fifty to seven hundred six hundred. So I mean almost a fifty percent crash right there. The last time we came below, um, the last time we rejected off of it once, twice, three, four times. The fourth time was the COVID dump. And I mean, we had that 30% crash. So, I mean, now I would expect if we were to continue closing and rejecting off of this level, it may be more drawn out than expecting, right? Pushing us all the way into August of next year before we actually see this thing tip over. But uh, that would be very, very not good. Very not good indeed. Overall, 50% correction from the top. Back to the 618. Imagine how funny it would be if instead of that, instead of it playing out more to the downside, it doesn't go very much lower and the market ultimately, the stock market ultimately just finds support here and starts rallying. <laughs> and now all of a sudden, right. all the bearish sentiment uh, is actually one of the most bullish things because this long-term resistance line horizontally is now a support line. <laughs> that that would be ironic. It almost makes me think that's what's going to happen just because it would it would screw over so many people. All right. That's what I feel so pensive about things because like you're seeing just all the kind of normie media right now and it's like, yeah, there's a recession, like build a bunker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, oh my God, like this has to be news. If like a rumor sounds the news, means anything. Right. Well, there's that phrase, what, the, the, the bear market is over once the last bull admits that it's a bear market? Uh, yes, that's usually how we go. <laughs> I mean, but there's definitely some some signs here, you know. Um, we haven't seen too many of these double rockets in time. The last time, the last, last time it happened in 2002, we found support along the same level that we're at right now. The next best time, the last time it happened, um, we were very, very close to a bottom before rallying for the next essentially 10 years straight overall. So I don't know. Um, it, it potentially, you know, there are some things here. The green dot, the two rockets, the bullish divergence stacked up in the medium short term of the weekly. Um, we really need to see that money flow overall start to turn back up, though. I mean, but we have potentially a second week higher, low, close. And we know that we had this early tried to turn up here, got rejected, came back down even harder. Now we have a true potential with more green volume than we saw the last time to actually turn this thing back up here. And I mean, it's either going to amount to a lower high, we're going to reject somewhere off of these resistances that are coming across and down, or like I said, things on the macro totally turn around. 
which is still, it's still a possibility for sure. But I just, yeah, I don't think enough people are, uh, are looking at both sides right now. They're just, you know, it's bearish and that's all I want to hear. I don't believe anything that the bulls have to say kind of deal. And I mean, as we know, every time that the news starts to slam the, you know, oh, recession, we're going to zero, blah, 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 blah. Never plays true. Never, ever. Agreed. So, yes, we'll have to see. Hunting that uh, that lower high, I think. That's what we're doing on Bitcoin. Lower high, you say? That's what I think. I think it's possible. a lower high. Very possible. Could be. We've set ourselves up for another cliff dive if everything else doesn't start to uh, correct. Very, very possible. <laughs> there is some nice signs. Again, going back into potentially daily divergence here with the last two lows. We'll really just have to see how next next week starts to play out, I think is what it's going to come down to. The weekend shouldn't give us too many true signs of what's going to happen. But I also said that a couple weeks ago when we were going into the weekend and we absolutely saw a continuation through the weekend playing in from, from the previous week and into the next week. So you never know. We might actually just continue pushing down from here. Maybe Monday, Tuesday, we see some sort of saving grace, bottom sign, whatever. But I'm not, I'm not holding, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm not holding out for it. That's for darn sure. Until, until things start to actually show me signs of turning around other than just, just early warning signs, you know, I'm not, you know, it doesn't hold any weight. So bearish until we're not anymore. Do you guys have any uh, closing, finishing thoughts before we end this bad boy? Have a good weekend. <laughs> Love it. I really appreciate you guys making the time today. It was very good input. I heard from both of you. And thanks, thanks for having us. Of course. Excellent, excellent. All right. And as always, make sure you guys check out tripleconfirmation.com. If you have not done so, get all the information about the trading group, all the information on the upcoming trading bot the potheads and the pothead world all the information you'll be able to find on again tripleconfirmation.com we appreciate you guys tuning in today have yourselves a great rest of your day